0: Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Happy New Year! I feel like we deserve a medal. We made it, everybody. We made it through 2021. You did it. We're standing, we're alive. And uh, way to go! You you deserve all the credit and and just success of having survived the last 365 days. It was a tough one, wasn't it? it was 2021? I mean, there were some blessings. We're gonna talk about that in a second, but it was tough. I mean, we had some challenges. I was just going back over the last year and thinking about some of the things that happened that you have probably forgotten about. Like last year this time. It started off with some optimism because the vaccine was just starting to roll out. We're like, okay, good. This is all going to be over soon, <laughs> right? No. You know, one of my favorite things to talk about over the holidays when we were in rooms with my family and stuff, like like an extended family, anytime there's a lull in conversation, I would always ask, so what's everyone think about the vaccine? It always it always got a good groan. But even just in January last year, I mean, Trump was impeached again, uh, There was a riot on Capitol Hill. Uh, Biden was elected and put in as president. The Suez Canal got blocked. Remember that? Uh, Trudeau decided it was a great time for another election. Uh, The Olympics happened. They did? Does anybody remember? Where? Was it summer or, or winter? Do we remember? Facebook crashed last year for a glorious six hours. That was awesome. Uh, Israel and Palestine, remember that conflict happened. Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, remember that? That was all last year. And that's just the global stuff that we watched happen. What really happened in 2021 was just that constant deferral of hope and the slugfest of the season that we have been in of multiple waves of coronavirus and lockdowns and disappointments and illness and loss and pain And the struggle of the last, you know, 22 months just continues, and we are all feeling it today, aren't we? We're just drained, disoriented, discouraged, out of sorts, and I've talked to so many of you. I've run run into you at Sobeys and getting gas and just seeing people out and about around town, and the consensus is in that we could all just use a fresh start. We're feeling a little blah. I I ran into one person, they're just saying, you know what, I've gotten out of habits, I've gotten out of rhythms, I just basically consume carbs and Netflix and hope that this is gonna end soon. And I think that's the reality for a lot of us. We're in that zone where we need a fresh start. But I think the challenge we have to face right now is the fact that we're not out of this season just yet. I mean, many of you are watching today from home, and you actually have the Rona. Like, we are right in this, in the midst of it. And now I am declaring and believing this is the end. Yeah. Amen. I really do believe that this is, we're going to come through this end soon, but we're still in it, and we're still kind of slugging through this wilderness. And so the question is, you know what? Well, is this a great time for a fresh start? And I do believe that it is. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to consider something really quickly as we wander through this wilderness of this season that we're in. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible that God is more interested in getting the wilderness out of us than he is getting us out of the wilderness? Is it possible that God is more interested in getting the wilderness out of us and maybe the fresh start needs to begin not so much in externals, But the fresh start needs to begin inside of us where God brings renewal. What if God is trying to make us people who know how to be healthy in the land of plenty and in want? What if God is trying to get us to be people who know health and prosperity that goes beyond circumstances? I think that's what God has been doing over the last 20 months for his people. What if God wants to make us people who are unrestricted in a time of restrictions? What if God wants to make you somebody who's not anxious in a time of great anxiety? What if God wants to make you somebody who is unafraid when fear is rampant? I think that's what God is doing, and I want to just set us up today. Today, my task is simple. If if we're going to run a race called 2022, my job for us today is to get us kind of on our mark and get set. And for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about just tools and principles, and we're going to look at scriptures that are going to help us get this fresh start with God, and we're going to look at our vision. We're going to look at our understanding. We're going to look at our actions. We're going to look at our passions. But today, I want to just kind of give us kind of posturing simple tools to get us set for the year. So I'm going to be really quick, but I want us to ask the question: You know, how are we? If we bring the slide up, how are we going to break out of the monotony and the general lack of health while we're still in the wilderness? I want to look at one quick lesson about being in the wilderness and the keys that we're going to need to actually break out in this season and get that fresh start that we're all looking for. If you have a Bible, go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. In fact, if you have your device near you, kids, maybe grab your parents' phone. You can open to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And you can also open kingschurch.cc slash freshstart, and we're going to look at our website a little bit today. But Deuteronomy chapter 8, what is happening in Deuteronomy is basically a synopsis of the lessons that Israel learned while they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Can you imagine 40 years in this kind of in-between, when is this going to end stage? Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and Deuteronomy is a collection of sermons and speeches that Moses gave to the people of Israel on behalf of God to instruct them as they had come out of the wilderness and into the land that God had promised. And there's probably no more passage of Scripture that gives us the principles of what they learned that's better than Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to read it all to you today, and maybe just there's going to be things that jump out at you that you can take with you, and I can't unpack it all today. I wish I could, but I can't. But I want to read it over us, and I want us to see if we can grab some of the lessons that Israel had to learn the hard way. What's the old saying, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it? We have the benefit of seeing what the people of God had to learn the hard way through the wilderness, and we're going to apply a couple of these things for ourselves today. Are you ready? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to read this over you. It is profound what's in here. Let's take a look. It says in verse 1, This is Moses speaking the word of the Lord to the people of Israel, and I think it has everything to say to us today. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live in increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. God's desire for you is to live in abundance. It really is. But here's where it gets to. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands, he humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during those forty years. "'Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you.'" "'Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to Him and revering Him, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, and you will lack nothing.' A land where the rocks and iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied... Make note of this, circle this. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, here's what will happen. When you eat and are satisfied and when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you that in the end that might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will be surely destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. That is the word of the Lord. Now, there's so much in here I'd love to unpack, but I hope you caught what's being laid out there, and that is this. When you seek God, abundance and fruitfulness becomes the byproduct, but there is a temptation toward pride where we start to think, I did this, I got this, I can satisfy myself, I can take care of myself, and the Lord will not allow us to go down the train of pride because that leads to destruction. And so in order to humble us, he will cause us to hunger to call us back to himself. And this is ultimately what he's getting at. And I want to just pull out really quickly a couple things that you need to understand out of Deuteronomy 8 and understand in this moment that you are in in the wilderness. Like, what do you need to know and do in order to get on track with God so that he can lead you into the life and the fruitfulness that he has for you? There are three things. Really quick. Number one is this. There are two realizations, two things you need to know and one thing you need to do. Realize first, number one, in the wilderness, you have to be quick to recognize the fact that God's grace has sustained you consistently. When you come into this moment of wilderness, God does not want you to have to endure it and then go find him on the other side. God leads us in these moments of wilderness so that we can find him faithful even there. He actually leads you in these moments to find him faithful there. And a lot of the time, if we're not careful, we will get so caught up looking at this next season and trying to get to what is next that we miss God now. And did you notice in Deuteronomy, did you see it in verse 3? It said, You know, God took care of you in the wilderness. He led you there to cause you to hunger and seek Him. And what did He do? He satisfied you. He fed you with manna, He gave you water from a rock. And did you notice that little statement? It said, your, your clothes did not wear out over 40 years, and your feet did not swell. In other words, God provided little doses of grace to get you through. And maybe God right now is wanting you to wake up to the fact that even over the last 22 months, he has not abandoned you. And he has been with you every step and every moment of the way, providing little pockets of grace. And sometimes we don't notice. Like, like, do you notice that your clothes aren't wearing out day to day? Like, that's a hindsight miracle, isn't it? It's like ten years later, and you're still wearing the same Wranglers, and they, or the still dad, you got those Kirkland stretchy jeans, right, from Costco, and they're still, they're still together, and you look back, and you're like, praise God, that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And I'll tell you what, I did. Some I was just reflecting over this past week, over the last 20 months, and just looking at the grace of God in my life. And has it been hard? Yes. Have I been discouraged? Yes. Have there been disappointments? Yes. But has God abandoned me? No. Not, not for a minute. And there have been moments, like I look through just little deposits of God's grace. How many of you can testify to that? Like, I have seen the hand of God. You know what? Has he picked me up and set me down in the land of plenty? No, I'm still in the wilderness, but he has not abandoned me. He has brought me little deposits of grace day by day, sustaining me step by step. My clothes have not worn out. My feet have not swollen. He's provided me what I need, where I need, where to find it, and when I need it. He's given me all I need. I've noticed that in my own life. I've said it to many people. Like I've seen just little, little areas of God's grace and protection even in this storm. Can anybody just testify to that? I think what God wants to do for us in the wilderness is first and foremost that we would find him right then and there. That we'd actually experience him and we'd see him. You know, if someone asked me, they came to me in like February of 2020 and they said, okay, you are in the business of gathering people around the glory of God and getting people together in community and for the next 22 months, you're really not gonna be able to gather together. You're gonna see no one's mouth Everyone's going to be at least six feet apart, and most people are going to have to stay home from church. And if you would have said to me that our church is still on track financially... That we still have our people are still out there. I still get emails all the time Say, hey, pastor, we're still with you. We know we haven't seen you. We haven't seen, you know, we haven't been able to come to church. We've got a, you know, my mom is immunocompromised. And so we're just trying to be extra, extra cautious. And I've had so many people reach out and say, we're still here. We're still together. It's incredible to me that one of our main tools of, of kind of mobilizing the church, the large gathering, has been compromised over the last 22 months, and yet the grace of God continues to sustain us. And we've actually even seen fruitfulness. You just forget about it. I mean, we had the best love week we've ever done. We did prayer week this year. We celebrated our 40th anniversary. God didn't just sustain us this year. He sustained us 40 years. We talked about miracle after miracle that God provided for us over those last four decades. God has done incredible things. Even in this wilderness, we just got to wake up to see it we got to recognize God's grace. But there's, there's something else you need to see. Not just the fact that God, that His, His grace has just been supplied for you over the last, you know, year. And let me, really quick, why is that important? Why is it important that you recognize God's grace in the wilderness? Well, because it has to do with your attitude and your expectation. That's really at the heart of why God is after us, right, in this moment. Like, what led Israel into the wilderness? Grumbling, bad attitude, entitlement, and unbelief. They saw God do amazing things, and yet they couldn't believe that he could lead, him, lead them into the land of promise where they'd take out the giants and knock down the walls. And so when we, in the moment we are in in the wilderness, we recognize the hand of God. It, provides, it creates gratitude in our hearts and expectation that if he took care of me today, he'll take care of me tomorrow. And when you start to actuate your gratitude and your expectation, that, that is where God, where, where faith and alignment happens in your spirit. And that's where God begins to do a new work. But there's, some, there's another thing I want you to catch here really quickly. And some of you might have noticed this, and you might not have had words for it over the last year and a half, two years. When you are in the wilderness, you need to realize that God's grace is received day by day. You cannot stockpile the provision of God in the wilderness. I have learned that the hard way over the last 22 months. I've had conversations with people and it's like every single day I feel like I'm at square one again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like in the past, you used to kind of ride momentum, you know? We'd have seasons where church was going great and God was doing something. And you know, we had this happen and then that happened and all these things rolling at once. But in the wilderness, I find that, that the grace of God does not carry over into the next day. i got to go find it fresh again. Has anybody found that? It's like, it's like, I bet you if you took 20 minutes and you look back at some of the great things God did for you over the last 22 months, you almost would have forgotten. Like, I've had some of the most profound conversations with God, some of the best revelation I've ever received, and yet, if you talk to me every morning, I still feel like, oh, my goodness, this is awful. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it. And what's happening is this, that God's provision in the wilderness is a day-by-day thing. We don't have the luxury of tilling the soil and stocking up fruit and being able to put things away for later. That momentum and that kind of sustainability is gone. When you are in the wilderness, it is a time to seek God day-by-day, this is what happened with the manna. Did you, did you, do you know the story about manna? Reference it in Deuteronomy chapter 8 where it says God gave them manna every day. Do you know what happened with manna? It was supernatural bread that God provided for them and yet it's spoiled after every day. And there's even passages in, in Exodus where it talks about the Israelites going and trying to collect a bunch of manna to stockpile it for the next day and it would spoil every night. Why? Because every single day God wanted to teach the the children of Israel and his people, to get into the rhythm and the habit of seeking him first so that they learn that man does not live on bread alone but every word that comes from the mouth of God. How easy is it for us, church, especially those of us who live in the West? We've got retirement savings and homes with heat and houses and jobs it's very easy for us to start to think that we're handling our lives in such a way that we can sustain ourselves. But by the grace of God, sometimes he will draw us into places where we realize if I don't get to him today, I'm going to starve. I actually need to pursue him every single day. I gotta actually step forward and seek him day by day. That's the big realization in this. You know, the thing that I've, I've, I've felt God speaking to me, I'll share this with you, That God is more interested in me learning to abide than me arriving at some place out of this season. Like God is way more interested in me learning. Like this season is more about you learning about abiding than arriving. And he's actually quite comfortable letting your manna from yesterday spoil if that means that you'll seek him fresh today. And I think the the sooner we embrace that, you know, you will be someone, like God is speaking that over me, you will be someone who knows how to abide in me deeply, whether you are in the land of plenty or in the land of want. You will learn to seek me every day. You will not be duped into thinking that control will satisfy your heart. You will not be duped into thinking that your hands can create wealth. Did you catch that in chapter 8? You will be a person who knows that man does not live on bread alone or his career or his accomplishments or having a, 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 a large gathering. You don't live off those things. You need the word of God, what comes from the mouth of God to you every single day. You will learn to seek me first. And that really brings us, if you can get these two things that you need to realize, these realizations, recognize God's grace is has been and will be provided to you, but recognize that it's also a daily thing. Don't run ahead of him. Learn to get in the rhythm of seeking him. And then ultimately that brings us to what we need to do. In the wilderness, you have one job and one job only. Seek him first with intentionality. Seek him first with intentionality. And that's really what we're going to set ourselves up to do for the next few weeks. With this month of January, I want to set our church up to seek God first with intentionality. Trusting that as we seek him, just like God promised, he promised in Deuteronomy 8. Like, let me just speak this over you. Jesus himself said, if you seek me, you will find me. And if you ask, you will receive. So let me just speak that over you. That's the promise. God promises new life and fruitfulness. Do you know that the seed of God's word cannot help but bear fruit? Like if you're depositing God's seed in your soul, it will produce fruit. It can't not produce fruit. The word of God never returns void, the Bible says. And so we, as we seek him, We will receive, God will lead us out of this season, and we will come into a land of plenty. We will come into that land that God promises, but we will come through having sought Him and learned to seek Him. So I really want to, just for 10 minutes, I want to just set you up. Now that I've given you sort of that framework of how I think you need to understand this season that we're in, I want to set you up with a few tools on how to seek Him for a fresh start over these few weeks that we're in. If you have your device, you should go to our website. Go to kingschurch.cc slash freshstart. And I want to just refer you to a few things, a few steps that we're going to do over these coming weeks to actually help you step into 2022 with a fresh way of seeking God. Here's here's step one. Okay, I've got five steps. Are you with me? With me online still? Kids, you are being amazing, i got to say. That's probably why I, I, I'm not wrapping up as quick as I should. Let me, let me pick it up fast. Step one. First thing we have got to do as we step out into this new season is we have got to stand on a fresh word from God. I want to set us, set us up to be people who live from the mouth of God. We receive fresh words. We believe that God's word is life. Amen? Amen? And that through his word we receive all that we need, and that God's bread is given to us daily. Now, there's three things I want, three words you need to go after right now. You need a seasonal word, like his word that you hold on to for this season. So I want to encourage you to ask God, I do this every year, God, what is the word you want you want to speak over my life in this season that I hold, a, a word to hold? And we actually have something to help you kind of process that, even as a family. I don't know if you can bring that slide up of the website, you guys. Uh, there should be, yeah. If you go to our website, we have this page, and you can go on a Fresh Start, and there's a few different things that you can do. But if you go to... Uh, the fresh start steps that'll outline the steps that I'm going through with you right now. And you can actually print off a word for your family because we've got kids in the room here right now. And you guys as a family, you can print that off and you can ask God, Lord, what is the word you're speaking over our family to believe this year? And put it on your fridge and just hold that in faith For the year. So, you need a kind of of a a seasonal word, but there's also, we need his word every single day that we we hear. And so, we are doing something right now. It started today. We are doing a Bible reading plan, and I want to invite you to join me. We started it today Uh, one year. Bible reading plan, and it's going to be awesome. There's already a lot of you that have signed up. It's not too late to jump in, though. If you click on this link, you can go and you can find the link to join us. It's every single day in God's Word together in community, and I want to encourage you to do that today. It's a bit of a commitment, but I tell you, I think we will be better for it 365 days from now walking through that together. So I want to encourage you to do the Bible reading plan. So jump in with us there. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. I've done the first two already, and I'm already really excited about it. So you can jump in. So we got to get the Word into us. One more thing about the Word, really quick. We don't just need to hold on to God's Word. We don't need to just hear God's Word, but we need to speak the Word. Let me just say this. This is bonus content. Church, we have got to start changing how we talk. And I'm preaching to myself right now. How often do I vent and complain and get caught up in the vitriol and dialogue and critical spirit and division of the hour? Church, we either believe that, you know, the word actually has the power of life and death or we don't. And we've got to actually shift how we are talking in this season. We need to stop with the rhetoric and stop with the grumbling and stop with the villainization. And we need to start speaking intentionally words of life and joy and hope and peace and renewal. We need to actually use our voices to start speaking that. So I'm going to challenge you, because God has challenged us to me, to actually work hard to control your tongue in this season. Step two. So we're going to get a, get a, get a new word Step two, you need to step up to renewed obedience. Really quick, ask God, you know, what am I not doing that you're asking me to do? What am I doing that you're asking me not to do? And what are you asking me to start doing? Ask God those things, and then here's what you do. It's gonna blow your mind. Do it. Just do it. Do what he says. Church, we gotta realize that disobedience is robbing us. It's robbing us. And so there is probably some some space in your life where God, if you'd ask him, say, God, what am I doing that's disobedient to you right now? Is there something that God asked you to do a while ago that you still haven't done? Do it. Let me just say, don't deliberate. Stop wrestling with it. Stop wrestling with it. And just start obeying. I think that's what we need to start doing in this season. So find a new obedience. That's your second step. Again, you can print this form out online and you can walk and spend some time with God. Number three, stand in awe. You need to find something right now that blows your mind about God. You know what I've found in life, and I've found this to be true in the Bible, that things that start in worship end well. You can tweet that. Things that start in worship tend to end well. And so if we start this year in worship, in awe, in wonder, in praise to God, I wonder how it will end. And so we need to be diligent in worship. Meditate on His greatness. Prioritize weekly worship. Get back to church. And I'm going to start getting more and more like, let this wave crash but church, it's time to start breaking out of some of the humdrum. You know, we don't go to church anymore. Thing we need to actually start calling people back to church, prioritizing worship. And I'm going to challenge you with this on worship. I'm going to try to do a worship January. Just, just full stop. I don't particularly listen to a ton of music. I don't, and when I do, uh, it's 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 whatever. But I am going to utilize. Time in January to fill my mind and my office and my home with praise. I did challenge you to spend time on your commute in the car. Just put worship music on and see what happens for the month of January. Step four. You're almost done, kids. You're being great. Step four, step into new territory, into new places. This is all about consecration and making space for God. And that's why we do the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Let's, go, let's If you can bring up uh, Crystal, the website. I want to invite some of you to join us. We do this every year. Beginning next, next Monday, so January the 10th, we are going to start 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And I want to challenge you to start doing it. Some of you are going to start right now. But next week really is going to be the week that we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've got a guide in there to help you process those 21 days, and it's going to be super, super helpful and healthy for you. If you need to get some kind of junk out of your system, you know, the same way that you got to eat clean sometimes, you know what a fast does? It, it flushes your soul, it flushes your spirit, and allows God to bring in newness. You. So I want to encourage you to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We also have a couple things as well, that could be new territory for you. Some of you should go into Alpha. We're going to be launching Alpha here very soon. Alpha is a way that you can kind of bolster your faith. If you've been a believer for a while, but you've never done Alpha, I challenge you to do it. But if you're somebody, maybe you're online, and maybe you're here today, and you're, you've got questions about Jesus, I want to challenge you to sign up for Alpha. Also, we're going to be launching the marriage course. Melanie and I are going to be hosting that. It's going to be starting the end of January, where we're going to start blessing and building into marriage. You can sign up for that as well. So there's all kinds of tools for you to step into new territory, to carve out space for God to occupy. Does that make sense? Final thought is this, and band's gonna come back, we're gonna sing, I'm gonna pray for us over this year. Number five, step out into fresh faith. You can't please God without faith. It says in Hebrews, without faith, it is impossible to please God. God. If you want the presence and power and peace and provision of God to flow into your life, it's going to do it through the mechanism of faith. And so I've just laid out some tools by which you can exercise faith. Step into some new territory. Be obedient. Trust God at his word. Seek him. What does faith look like for you in this season? Let me just say this. Faith is visible you can actually see where you're exercising faith. Faith is evidence of things not seen, the Bible says. It's tangible. And so you should be able to quantify, okay, here's some ways that I am trusting and believing God by faith. I'm believing him for this word. I'm believing that when I do this 21 days of prayer and fasting, he's gonna bring some new life Back into my soul. I'm believing that as we go into the marriage course, God is going to actually strengthen my marriage. I'm believing that when I step forward and I trust Him with my finances, that He's going to take care of me like never before. Where are you exercising faith? Ask God and He will give you some guidance on some things He wants you to believe for Him. But I'm convinced of this. If we take seriously the invitation to seek Jesus like never before, we will find Him like never before. And I know this to be true. He is available for us even in this season. Can I even say, especially in this season? He wants to be found. God is not eluding you. He's not running from you. He wants you to find him as you seek him. So I want to do this. I have three prayers for us. I'm going to pray over us for us and our families as we start 2022, And we're going we're gonna to jump into this Fresh Start series next week. We're going to do the deep dive into our vision and some of that stuff. But here they are. Number one is this. I'm asking God for us to give us grace to start again. We've had a lot of starts and stops, haven't we? And there is a big temptation that says, why bother? Wake me up when this is over. You cannot afford to do that. There was a whole generation that died in the wilderness. We've got to get grace to start again. So I'm going to pray for fresh grace to start again in your pursuit of Jesus this year. Number two, I'm asking God for the grace to seek Him like never before. I'm going to ask Him for devotion, for discipline, just to help you in your weakness. How many know we're weak? Do you know you're weak? By now you do, don't you? But the Bible tells us that God's grace is sufficient. It's made perfect. His power is made perfect in your weakness. And so we ask him for grace in our area of weakness. Number three is this. I'm going to pray. I'm asking God for the grace of new expectations. Let's not believe God based on our past disappointments. Let's believe him based on who he is what his word tells us he is, what the cross and resurrection of Jesus tells us he is, and let's ask for new expectations. So if you wanna stand wherever you are, if you're here in the room at the Valley or West, Halifax, if you're with your family, even in your home, why don't we lock arms and lock hands, and I wanna pray for us. I'm just gonna ask God's grace and his blessing today but that it would go with us every single day this year. And I am believing and declaring that we are going to step out of this season and into a new season. I really do believe it. And we're going to know fruitfulness and we're going to know vitality and joy like never before. How many of you know that when a plant gets pruned, it actually produces more fruit? That's what happens. And that's what God is doing to us. And I'm trusting Him for it. So let's pray. If you have your family, maybe lock arms, and we're just going to receive this and agree in prayer over this year, 2022. So Father, first and foremost, we come to you. And God, we give you thanks that you've not abandoned us, you've not forsaken us, you've given us everything we need. Like that old song says, all that I've needed, your hand has provided. And we just say, God, we look over the last 12 months, the last 22 months even, and we say, God, you've been faithful in the storm, you've been faithful in the wilderness, you have humbled us, and you've taught us to seek you, and you've taught us to abide like never before, and so God, we thank you for the small little doses of grace, Father, I pray even right now over our whole church family, give us eyes to see the way that you're sustaining us. Give us eyes to see that our clothes did not wear out and our feet did not swell. Give us eyes to see the ways that you are providing day by day, and you have been, that would give us expectation for it tomorrow. God, thank you today. Teach us to seek you in this season. So, Father, I'm praying for all the people who are starting the one-year Bible plan, for the people who are starting 21 days of prayer and fasting, all the tools that we're going to use to seek you. Lord, I ask right now, in Jesus' name, for fresh grace to start again. Lord, I press against and I even like declare and I I uh, I just can, I just bind the voice of the accuser who would speak hopelessness or condemnation or you're too far gone, or it doesn't matter. We bind that, God, and I pray that the voice of your spirit that calls us to seek you would land in our hearts and our minds, and I pray for grace right now to start fresh and new. Lord, I pray that you would raise the bar on our diligence, raise the bar on our devotion. God, make us hungry, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, give us a distaste for anything that cannot truly satisfy. Help us seek you and find you like never before. Lord, I pray for fresh grace to start again. Lord, I pray for grace in our weakness. Lord, we're weak and we're we're like we, we return to things that aren't good for us. God, I pray for fresh grace. Would your power be made perfect in our weakness in this season, I pray? And now, Lord, I just speak and I ask in Jesus' name for fresh grace over our minds, over our hopes, over our expectations. God, lift our heads today. Fill us with joy, with promise. You have good things ahead of us. We refuse to believe today that the worst, the best is not ahead of us. And we ask today in the name of Jesus for grace on grace in this season, Lord. Would you bring us through it? But we come through leaning on you like never before, in love with you like never before, abiding in you like never before. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said amen and amen. God bless you in 2022. May his favor rest upon you. May his countenance be turned toward you. May he give you peace like you've never known. And we are going to come through this season. I know it. Amen. Amen and amen.